Up next, the A.M. Kevin Show with your host, Kevin Shorey. But first, we would like to tell you a little bit about Kevin Shorey Ministries. 38 years ago, Kevin Shorey felt the calling to use his talents as a singer, songwriter, and evangelist to help fulfill the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Today, Kevin Shorey Ministries is continuing this mission through television, radio, social media, streaming, music, and evangelistic services. During the show, Kevin will tell you how you can help him spread the word that Jesus is the answer for this world today. Won't you consider helping us in this great cause? Thank you. Now, sit back and enjoy this edition of A.M. Kevin. The following program is presented by Kevin Shorey Ministries, whose mission is to fulfill the Great Commission by spreading the word that Jesus is the answer for this world today. What time is it? Why, it's time for A.M. Kevin. That's right. From Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, it's time once again for another edition of A.M. Kevin. Starring evangelist, composer, and gospel artist Kevin Shorey and the entire A.M. Kevin Club gang. And now, from the A.M. Kevin Studios, located in Stonebridge Books and Gifts in beautiful Ashland City, Tennessee, reaching coast to coast and around the world, with the message that Jesus is the answer for this world today, is your host, Kevin Shorey. Good morning and welcome to the A.M. Kevin Club. Isn't it a great day to serve the Lord? And what a great program today. Yesterday was so fun, was a great program with Ann Downing. Today, restaurateur and author. He's got our one of our favorite books around here, Afraid to Trust. And he's got a new one coming out in just a couple of weeks. Peter Demos is here today. But I'm glad that you are here. And I hope that you will uh, just sit back, relax, receive what the Lord has for you today. And uh, no worries if you're watching Facebook, YouTube. We will have, if in case we freeze or something happens crazy like that. Yesterday we had a perfect day. Today I'm believing we're having another perfect day. And if that happens, no worries. We are recording it. And so we will have uh, that perfect uh, program for you. How about a perfect song? This song is, let's see, this is from my Best of So Far CD. And, of course, you can get any of these on the computer you know, online for a website, kevinchory.com. But the uh, the songs, there's uh, 11 songs, because I had to do 11, because 11 rhymes with Kevin. And I picked 11 I thought was the best, most requested songs. And it says the best of Kevin so far, because I'm not dead yet. So we have, these are the best so far. I think some more are still to come. There it is. Oh, I, I don't have enough hands. Hold on. There it is. Zantan. Look at that good-looking Who is that? We, we hired a model just to pretend to be me just for that. Yes, my wife, Jim Baker. Try not to get the glare. They hate that picture. They say it doesn't look anything like me. And I said, that's why it's going to be a seller, because it looks nothing like me. Anyway, this song is on it. Come on. want to sing for it. 
Oh, he'll be there. Yes, he will. Thank you, Lord. My brother and I wrote this song. Oh, in your midnight hour, when you fall down on your knees, the Holy Ghost in power, he will cause your pain to cease. So when you're at your lowest, just rebuke the devourer and God will surely rescue you in the midnight hour. Oh, in your midnight hour, when you fall down on your knees, that's when the Holy Ghost in power, he will cause the pain to cease. So when you're at your lowest, you need to rebuke the devourer and God will surely rescue you in your midnight hour. You may be facing problems right now and you say you can't go on. But Jesus said when you're at your weakest, that's when he becomes strong. Sometimes we have showers of blessings, but sometimes it seems we get a drop. Well, I want you to know if that's all you get, Satan still has to stop. Hey, in your midnight hour, when you fall down on your knees, the Holy Ghost in power, he's going to cause your pain to cease. So when you're at your lowest, just rebuke the devourer and God will surely rescue you in the midnight hour. Remember, the Spirit of God is in you. It's like a fire in your bones that burn, but sometimes walls will mount up to surround you. They'll try to block your every turn. Listen, you'll never face more than you can handle. Jesus said you never would. And what the devil meant for evil. Hey, God will turn to good. He'll be good to you in the midnight hour. When you fall down on your knees, oh, praise him. The Holy Ghost in power, he's going to cause your pain to cease. So when you're at your lowest, just rebuke the devourer. And I know God, he'll surely rescue you. Yes, he will, said, even in your midnight hour. Just rebuke the devil. I know God will surely rescue you in your midnight hour. Every time you call on him, he'll be there to rescue you in the midnight hour. I know that God will surely rescue you in the midnight hour. No matter what you're facing, he's there for you and your family. Yes, he is. In the midnight hour, 
Aren't you glad he's there for you in the midnight hour? He's there 24-7, a very present help in time of trouble. That's what he. That's why he's there. And I'm believing right now for you. We believe for this nation. We believe for the New Orleans there. Just talked to a friend in New Orleans who lost his roof and had some flooding in his house. But in the name of Jesus, we know that what the enemy's meant for evil, like I saying, God's going to turn around for good. The floods here in Tennessee were help support and pray for those in the Waverly in that area. The Americans still left behind and those that need to get out of Afghanistan. We lift them up to you, God. Those that are still suffering in Haiti since the earthquake. God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for peace and joy to restore back to the Randall family who lost their daughter a couple of weeks ago. Those that need healing, Jim and uh, Suzanne and Melody, Casey. Uh, thank you, Lord, to your healing little baby Lila Renee in the name of Jesus. Touch Linda. Ginger and Elizabeth, Lana, April and Jeff, Sandy, touch her out there in Fort Worth, Texas. Sandra, John, Madeline, Karen in Louisiana, touch Leon and Tammy, Lynn and Josh and Carol in Indiana, God. Gary, who watches us in Overland Park, Kansas. Gary's daughter's in the hospital. Raise her up out of this bed of affliction. Touch our friend Norma out there in Branson in the name that's above every name and God help us to put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the evil one and we can put on the helmet of salvation not only just the helmet of salvation but the breastplate of righteousness thank you for righteousness God purify our affections and appetites and make us long for the right things we put on the belt of truth in a world where truth is so scarce we place on the shoes of readiness on our feet take up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, help us, God, to be all that you've called us to be today and every day, to be your servants in the kingdom of God. We give you praise and we thank you in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. God, you are such a good God. We know that you not only hear our prayers, but at the moment that we pray, you are sending the answer down at its appointed time. And we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. It's time now for Kevin's Soapbox. News, thoughts, and commentary from your host, Kevin Shorey. Now, here's Kevin. Well, eventually. I got tangled up here on the soapbox, but here's my soapbox, and it won't be long. We want to give great full time to our special guest today. Peter Demos is back. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. What a great man of God. Got a lot to say today. And he has some good restaurants. I finally tried his his chicken soup. His it's chicken, not chicken noodle, chicken rice. Yes. Oh, it's the it's the best you've ever. If you come to Nashville, you have many opportunities. He's got fifty restaurants all over the all over the town. Today in 1974, because you know I love history. Today, September the eighth, 1974. I remember it well. Let's see, how old was I? I was 11 years old. Uh, not yet. I was 10 still. Uh, my birthday's in October. President Ford, but you all will remember this, most of you. President Ford pardoned former President President Nixon for crimes related to Watergate. On this day, boy, he got the oohs and the ahs and the boos, and it probably cost him his reelection. and then we got Jimmy Carter. Yeehaw. And uh, 
But it was called an unconditional pardon. He gave an unconditional pardon to Richard Nixon. We all believe that. We don't know for sure, but we believe he was really guilty. But they made today, September the 8th, Pardon Day. Somebody, HolidayInsights.com says today is Pardon Day. It's also Chia Pet Day, but it has nothing to do with what I wanted to say. Uh, some guy, Joe Padat, in 1977 in San Francisco came up with a Chia Pet. Anybody ever have a Chia Pet? Then just, just let me know. Just let me know here on Facebook if you had a Chia Pet. Anyway, it is Pardon Day. Why not let the Lord unconditionally, with his unconditional love, pardon you today, even if you're guilty that's what he wants to do. He wants to pardon you, especially if you're guilty. He wants to wash away all of your sins and come into your life. I didn't want to get political today. I just wanted to get biblical with you and let you know that now is the day of your salvation. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Just confess your sins to him and he will pardon you. And what a great day. You could say September 8th, I got pardoned, not by President Ford, but I got pardoned by the Lord Jesus Christ. Ooh, not by Ford, but by the Lord. How about that? That's a good idea. That just came, just came to me. It, it wasn't genius, but it, it was pretty good. That's my soapbox, and I'm sticking to it. Take us out, Larry. Larry, take us out, Larry. Oh, Larry, wake up. This concludes this edition of Kevin's Soapbox, thought-provoking news, thoughts, and commentary from your host, Kevin Shorey. Kevin's Soapbox is a regular feature of the AM Kevin Show. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Everything's collapsing around me. I, my chair almost fell over. My, the pictures are falling, but it must be a sign that we're on the right track. We got something great going on here today. We have a great guest that is going to be on today. He, he was on before, and I, I want to have him regularly because he can speak to just the uh, things that are not only happening in our world. He can speak to, to uh, you know, those current events, but as the way that the kingdom is really supposed to be. In, in reading his Afraid to Try, I, I saw that he had insight to, and, and also um, transparency as to how the Lord has dealt with him. And, and I can relate in so many ways, and I hope you have the book. If you don't have it yet, is this, uh, we, I know they can go to Amazon and all, but do you have a website they can go directly and all? Let me, let me give you a sound. Ladies, oh, you've got sound. Ladies and gentlemen, Live right here at the AM Kevin Club once again, Peter Demos. <laughs> I'm going to try to push the applause button because nothing's go. working. <laughs> and yes, I do have a website. Yes, yes. Uh, it's uh, uh, peterdemos.org. We just actually love just, it. We just launched that website. So uh, org. Uh, and you can buy the book off of there as well as. Uh, you know, communicate with me, talk with me if you need someone to come and speak to your group or also um, uh, and also send me a notice if you want to be aware of the next book that's coming out. Yes. Yes. Before we get to the, the new book and all, just tell us now. Uh, so I'm trying to remember. Are you Tennessee born? You're not. Actually, no, I was born in Charleston, South Carolina, South but, I, Carolina. but I moved here when I was one. So for all practical purposes, I'm a Tennessee. You are really a Tennessean. Yes, you are. Uh and, and so, but you were born, you, your folks and y'all went to church, but you wouldn't say 
you know, because I always tell people just because you go into a garage, don't make you a car. So you wouldn't say that you were really sold out for Jesus or you really you were more religious than, you know, my, my I'm not talking about them. But you no, in particular. no, I mean, no, it was it was a you know, yes, I had to go to church. It's I went to a um, I've spilled coffee before. It's a great thing about being in the restaurant business. You spill stuff all the time. <laughs> Um, so no, I mean, yeah, I went to, I went to church, uh, went to my youth camps, went to, um, uh, I went to actually a Christian school, but the, but the reality was, was, uh, I, I was, I was treated very poorly in, in each of those circumstances. So because I was treated poorly, I ended up, um, uh, disliking Christians. And instead of realizing that there's wow. a difference between people who do things in the name of Christ versus people who are Christians and have a relationship with Christ. There was a difference between the two, and and I didn't understand that, and that pushed me further and further away um, until I ultimately got saved. Do you think that's a reason why a lot of folks don't go to church or don't you know really lock into the Christianity thing? Yeah. It's kind of kind of our fault. We're kind of not good uh, representatives of. Well, I think sometimes yes, and there's other people. I, I I call them firefighter Christians. You know, they they <laughs> you know they they want to put the fire out. You know, for whatever reason, and they they may have every great intention. You know, but the Pharisees had great intentions. You know, so I don't think it's necessarily a um, always a bad thing. But you know, we're we're humans, and we mess up, and we mess up in relationships with other people, and we mess up. So so in in, in handling this, and and I and I hear that criticism a lot of. I, you know, well, there's a lot of hypocrites or I've had this bad experience and, yeah. and, and, and ultimately, you know, again, our job as Christians is just to try to get them closer and closer to Christ and whether or not Amen. they, whether or not they're below the line and haven't met him yet or whether they're above the line and they're getting closer to transforming to him. And that's all of our jobs is to help each other to get closer yeah. to Christ. And that's what, that's what our, our goal is. And so even if we can just only do an inch at a time versus a foot or a yard or whatever, I think that's what's important. In this yeah, situation. I mean, it's not like get get rid of the church, because uh, as you we were talking, I had a picture of of uh, everybody that was imperfect decided not to go with other other people to church that were imperfect, and then the churches would be empty. But right. we need each other to bear one another's burdens, to iron sharpens iron, to to build one another. So even though I said that we're not always the best representatives, we are the best. It's like Noah's Ark, you know. It, <laughs> It may stunk a lot, but it, 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 it was the best thing floating. So, you know, uh, and I'm glad that you eventually got past that. How do you think that, you know, the Lord, of course, the Holy Spirit dealt with your heart and and uh, to to get to church and all that? Tell us well, about that know, experience again. So 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 briefly, you know, I, I, I once I had children, I decided I would go to church and make them go to church. because I feel like that was important, but I didn't know why. And, I, and they didn't like it. And I thought, well, that's OK. You're not supposed to. <laughs> and um, I mean, because I didn't, and so I figured that was normal. Well, my wife insisted we go to this other church that that I that I was like, okay, fine, you know, I don't really care. And my kids loved it, so we started going there a lot more frequently. And um, and, and 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 I liked my pastor. He was he was thoughtful. He was you know he was full of thoughts. And um, yeah. And so from that, I guess, uh, and eventually, you know, we would go on occasion, but eventually I ended up in, in front of a, a speaker that he brought in named Angus Buchan, who is a South African evangelist. Uh, they made a movie, Faith Like Potatoes, about yes. his life. And, um, and he did an altar call, and I went up, and it's the first time I ever felt the Holy Spirit move within me, that I wow. acknowledged that the Holy Spirit moved within me. I'm sure there's many times I had no idea. And, um, 
But the next three days, I wrestled with God because I thought I was being conned. I thought this was all just <laughs> a, just a, you know, uh, you know, some some means of, of of tricking me, and I was just gonna once things got back to normal. But Angus, I got in front of Angus um, accidentally, and um, he asked the question. He said, "If you're willing to die for your country, why are you afraid to speak out for God?" And no one's ever accused me of being afraid before. And so, like, so the next three days, I wrestled with that idea. And finally, I just yielded and said, Lord, I turn everything over to you. And, um, and that's when everything changed. Yeah, afraid, trust. That's how that was birthed right there, from fear to faith. One man's journey into the love of God is what really caught me because that really is it. It's accepting the love of God on every different level. You talked about in, in your book, you talk about the different levels through your family members and different things that happened to you in the restaurant business. So you, your parents started the restaurant. They were starting the restaurant. So were you... You were born into it. Were they already into that when you were born? Yes. Well, actually, yeah. when, when we moved to Tennessee, my father started a Western Sizzlin franchise. He was a oh, franchisee Western here. Sizzlin. Yes. I forgot that. And, um, I love And that so one. I started working there when I was 12. Yeah. And then he started Demas's as a retirement restaurant in 89. Yeah. And then uh, my sister and I purchased it uh, from him in 2000. And, well, I took over the operations of 2001, and we purchased it from him shortly thereafter. Yeah. Now, let me just say, I've been to Demas now since you were here. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you f and we brought a couple. Uh, we have friends that are so picky. They don't like anything, really. <laughs> They're real countrified. So if it's not fried till it's really dead <laughs> and rubbery, okay, they loved it. They loved it. We loved the service. We loved the atmosphere. And I'm not saying because you're here. I've been waiting for you to get here so I could tell you, great job. Now, we went tried to go to PDK, but it was closed. So... Uh, are, is everything open again now? Is, this has been... Yeah, everything's open inconsistently. Right now, the labor market, it's a national yeah, labor shortage. Yeah, please bring that up. You know, it's, I mean, it's impacting everything, not only... Everything. Not only in, in when we can open and how we open. And, you know, we may open half a dining room. We may open carry-out only. And, but we're also, the, the, the companies that we do business with, the people that repair our equipment or, or who make the parts for our equipment or who produce the food, all of that, they're short labor, and so therefore we're, we're having to constantly adjust our menu and to constantly adjust how we operate on a daily basis from it's, that. It's all over the country, and it it's is. in big cities and little towns. I mean, just right here, there's different hours have been changed for the, oh, and, and Sunday is our KFC day, and we, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't <laughs> open. They put a sign out that they, well, this was two weeks ago. Last week, I guess they found people because it wouldn't open till 3 o'clock, and so that messes up our Sunday lunch, you know. But... Uh, why do you think, well, I mean, why do you think this is, and I don't like to blame the president for everything, but part of it, I believe, and you don't have to say this, but why, why do you think that this is, people are not going back to work because they're getting stimulus checks, but I think that's about run out. So why do you think still we're yeah, facing? You know, and I, I hear a lot of people blame the federal unemployment, which I agree that had a part to do with it. Right. Um, but the problem is, is the state unemployment still going on. They still can't get evicted, so that's another you know extra uh, you know twelve hundred thousand dollars a month that they're getting yeah, because they don't they have any bills. They don't have to pay rent. Yeah, and they're getting all sorts of things. You know, it was interesting. I saw a meme the other day that that I'm and I'm, yeah. It's not like this is a credible source, but I think the the logic <laughs> is, so, is solid, which is you know they, they they say don't don't feed the bears in the wild because they'll grow dependent upon people if they're feeding them. Well, that's the exact same thing. When we when we automatically give things to everybody else, they become dependent upon it, and they so even if even if the money runs out, they've gone a year and a half without having to do it, 
and they've grown dependent upon it, and it's going to take them time to learn to adjust back into that in that situation. So, so I think there's a still a fear factor. I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, we have to address the issue, and and the fact that nobody's willing to address the issue, I think, is the biggest problem right now. Right. Do you ever think about running for something? I, I would vote for you in a heartbeat. I, I'm not electable because I speak the truth. <laughs> you, come on now. And I, I'm getting to leading towards your newest book here. But but even breaking down, you know, things I don't think of, you know, uh, the food, you know, the truckers, the the shipping, the so not just the labor in the restaurant, but the labors through the – and I love truckers. Don't you ever talk negative about truckers. No. I wish they had their own lane on the highways. But other than that – I love them. Or truckers and trains and, and all this. I mean, because I wouldn't eat. You wouldn't eat. You wouldn't have the things, you know, if it would, weren't for our good truckers. But even the the lids for the f- food that part just part of the ingredient for my favorite chicken soup now in the whole world, it's the best. I mean, it cures. I'm sure there's a cure for cancer in there somewhere. But but we call the it ch- Greek penicillin <laughs> is what we call it. Greek so penicillin. Greek penicillin. Come on, I believe that. <laughs> But, you know, things you don't think of, the, the, you said the lids that the, they have to put on the, to ship the yeah, so, ingredients. So, uh, so, so, uh, and I'll give you another example. You're talking about that. We talked about that earlier before the show. But we also have, like, uh, uh, canned tomatoes. Um, yeah. you know, they, they, they don't have the labor, labor to put the labels on the cans. And oh. then they don't have the, and they said, look, even if we have the label to do that, they can't ship it to us once they do because they don't have the drivers to be able to ship them out. Oh. So they have them all sitting there in their warehouse wow. ready to go, but they're, they don't have the labor to finish off those last two pieces to get it to yeah. you. So when we talk about the supply chain problem, it's everywhere across the board. And then when you deal internationally, it even adds an extra layer because you have to have labor unloading the trucks and unloading the barges. Yeah. And that's another piece of the problem that we're having. Yeah. Uh, and I bring all this up. So we, we really need to pray specifically for this thing. This, you know, the pandemic may be kind of coasting or level. And, uh, you know, in some areas it's large. I have my own agree- beliefs about that. Uh, yeah, I think there's a variant, but I, I really believe... It's the thousands, almost one million. I think maybe actually it's over a million illegal aliens shipped in different states all over the country. These kids are coming in, and uh, I'm all for helping people, but they are spreading this pandemic. I was just talking with somebody that's um, pretty high up in leadership of the state of Arkansas, for instance. They brought thousands of young people into with the COVID. And so now all of a sudden, oh, there's a spike in COVID in Arkansas. Hmm. Coincidence? No, there's no such thing. Anyway, I don't know why I got to that, except for, you know, the pandemic thing is one thing, but we need to really pray about just the labor in this country and that it, people, because because those that are not working now, those that are maybe you know relying on stimulus and all these you know non-eviction and all, they're gonna have a rude awakening when it runs out because it will. I mean, it's coming. Yes. And so I, I feel for them that they, they don't get that. But, you know, prayer is one thing, but you really believe, because you've written this book, the, the current running title, I guess it is the title, because it's already done, right? It's a yes. pr- being printed as we speak, On the Christian Duty of Civil Disobedience. Yes, yes. And tell us about that and what we can do more than just pray. I mean, yeah, we so have a responsibility. Yeah, so, you know, what... what Ultimately, where this this idea came from, it actually came up a few years ago, and I was just kind of wondering, like, okay, 
if, and it, and it really started accidentally, which is, okay, if, if I see a crime being committed, do I have a duty as a Christian to report the crime? And then, okay, what if I don't know the crime is there and I just suspect it? You know, and so I started just kind of playing with that idea. And then ultimately it came down to, do I have a duty to protest a law that is unjust while at the same time do what Paul says and do what Exodus says, you know, that, which is we don't curse our, our, our rulers or the people that, that lead us. And so how does that work out? So I started right. playing with that and started researching it just as a, um, just as almost as a hobby, I guess. And, and then we started seeing all the protests that started occurring in, in, in 2019, 2020, and January 6th, and, and realized, and, and, and what, what really, really was the, the catalyst for me was the USA Today wrote that the Christian belief system was what caused January 6th. Not Christians, whoa. but the belief system that no. caused it. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second, that, that, that's not the case. And so how do we, how are we supposed to respond and when do we respond? Because I think as time c continues down this path, we got to know what our responsibility is throughout this process. Yeah, that's a cheap shot to Christian belief systems. And so how do we respond? What is our what is our calling in, in this situation? Because the Bible does speak about this. Yeah, you know, and you see it all throughout. I mean, Daniel's Daniel's my favorite. It's the easiest example. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, he's I like, yeah, you're, you're not allowed to pray. OK, I'm going to go up and pray anyway. You know, and by the way, I'm going to do it. It's still in the same place, same time in front of the windows and everyone knows I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm just going to do it. But but so there but there is a. There is a, a, a kind of a test that I went through and then made certain that it fit the life of Jesus. And the, and the, and the test ultimately was a, a three-part test, which is, um, you know, is, is, this, is, is the state or is somebody asking you to commit evil? Is it asking you to break God's law? Because there could be a slight difference between doing something evil and something breaking just God's law. And, um, and then, you know, are you, you know, did God tell you, you know, to, to take a stand in this area. And that one's always a little fuzzier in people's minds. You know, oh, did he really tell you? How did he tell you? know, there's all that. But ultimately, it kind of goes down to those three tests. But, but we have to realize that there's consequences to it. You know, when we, when we engage in that, when we engage in whatever it is, we know that we're going to jail. We know that we might die for it. We might, you know, whatever the consequence happens to be, but we, it's not unfettered. We can't just protest at whim and say, okay, go home and have dinner. There's a consequence to our behaviors because ultimately, through our civil disobedience, our job is still ambassador to Christ. We're still supposed to bring people to Christ. Right. And so we don't do it to protest, you know, whatever the, the, the topic is. Let's say we're going to do it to protest abortion. We don't want to make abortion an idol or the, 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 right. the you know, the, the, the pro-life movement an idol. But what we're doing is we're protesting this in order to bring other people to Christ and show them what it's like to be a Christian and use that as a means of doing that. That's good. I mean, and you mentioned the consequences for doing things, but there's consequences for sure for not doing anything about Absolutely. the situation. We really, yesterday I, I was where the people missing, and I just took off the word Miss America because the first ever Miss America pageant was yesterday, September 7th of 19-whatever and uh, in New Jersey. And I just love history, and I find <laughs> the weirdest things. And I, out of Miss America, I said, "Where? what is missing? <laughs> Are people standing up for the babies? Texas is now standing. But where's all the preachers and everybody now standing with the governor and those from this new law? And all? I think there are some. I know there are. But, man, you just think this would be a nationwide. This is our opportunity where there's the political factors, and I believe they're Christian men that are doing this here in Mississippi and Louisiana, different ones. Uh, 
in Louisiana, I think, is, is even a Democrat, but he's still standing up for babies. And I just don't see a massive, this is opportunity when the, when the to me, when, when a, an inch is given, you know, take the mile, right? And I, I just, I, we're, we're missing. You know, uh, well, and I, and I raised some of that issue in the book. We, we, we shouldn't be surprised when the church or, or, or the, Hold the popular a church. So they I'm sorry, there we go. We shouldn't be surprised that the, the popular church is um, uh, against a lot of these situations because Martin Luther King, his, the, this famous letter from a Birmingham jail, his, uh, that letter was written to pastors. Come it on. wasn't. It wasn't written to other people. It was written to pastors. So, right. so they oh. were. That meant that pastors were saying, "Stop doing this. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be engaging in this behavior." And 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 he responded to them. And I think extremely well in that letter. And 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 we see other situations where um, you know that that people all throughout are 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 inhibited or, or or tempted to be stopped by people who are in the church. I mean, even take the extreme example of Nazi Germany. Ninety-five percent of the Nazis were baptized Christians. Yeah. Now it doesn't necessarily mean again they were Christians, but they were baptized right. as such. And yet there were two different churches there. There was a nationalist church, and then there was the the confessing church, which was Bonhoeffer and that group, mm-hmm. and and who were able to to again because of their faith do the right thing. So I think it shouldn't be a surprise when when the 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 church stands up against us but i think we have to be very careful and make certain that everything we do is in line with the word of god and if we if we don't do that and we don't have that basis then that's when we start spiraling out of control and that's when we start losing credibility and we start losing people to to the other side as opposed to gaining them for christ yeah and that is the main goal i mean for us to really be the example of what the kingdom is really is and uh, do you lay out in the book, you'll have to come back when I have the book and I can have read it and make notes and all that good stuff, uh, you know, just ways and ways that we can all participate and, and in this. I mean, the gist of the book is it, it's not just to inspire us, does it give us some practical? Yeah, you know, but again, yes, because it's more of a it's more of a, a, a kind of a, like I said, it's a it's a test and then how to. You know, and then and then in what ways in which we can or cannot, you know, but I didn't want to get into any specific thing of saying, OK, well, you know, if you're going to fight, you know, what's the popular one now? You know, uh, critical race theory right. you know, in the church or you want to fight that stuff. You know, this is how you do it in this particular situation. There's plenty of books out there that talk about that. And there's those type of right. stuff. But I think we need a guideline of how to do it when God moves us, because. I don't want to be in a situation where God says, okay, you need to be involved in this circumstance. In this situation, you need to be involved. And I'd be like, okay, now what? Now how? I want to be ready on the front end so that when that's God good. calls me, I'm ready to go. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, you know, there are all those different issues and all, and there are books and there are ways that we could do it. I think this is a great textbook, if you were to just encourage all of us in the kingdom to do something that we do have a duty. You know, the word, even the word idiot came from the Greek. Since you're Greek, I thought that this came to my mind. I'm glad it wasn't because you was an idiot. You thought no, that. No, it, it was <laughs> it, it, idi- idiote. It's, it's spelled almost the same way in the Greek and it, with the, the Greek letters, and uh, which means one who do not publicly vote or participate in public voting or public elections that's i never knew that that's, that's awesome greek that's where the idi- word idiot came from i should have told you before you could put oh, it in no, the book that's awesome and <laughs> at least that's the source that told me uh yeah so you know i, I don't want to be an idiot <laughs> right i want to be a part of this great country and what we can do 
because as far as I'm concerned, this country was made to really be the the place of refuge for the kingdom of God. I mean, really, so that it can expand to reach the whole world. And now it's it's really getting to a point that uh, instead of us sending out the missionaries to the world, some of, some of the countries that are real Christian, I, I was just in Ethiopia, 80-something percent Christian. I mean, love the Lord. A lot of religion, but but a lot of sold-out Christians sending missionaries to America. <laughs> and I'm like... I get that, I guess. I guess we really need that. And so part of it, I believe, is just more than, because we always have this, oh, you got me fired up on this. <laughs> this whole topic is so down, down my alley because, because we get this mentality of the field of dreams, build that they'll come, like as far as church goes, or if we pray, and we do need to pray, and we do need to build churches. And, but, but it's more than just the buildings. We need to build in people. We need to stand up for what's right because if we do not, and I, uh, tell me if I'm just being over exaggerating, because you know, as evangelists, we can we're always you know you know blamed for that. <laughs> but I know more pastors that lie than evangelists. But anyway, or not lie, exaggerate. Um, did I say? It? I wish you're, I could edit this you're, out. You're, you're getting an email now. I, I'm just yeah, I'm digging. <laughs> no, but am I over exaggerating by saying if we do not do the things of the kingdom besides pray, read the Bible, fellowship with one another, and we do nothing? within the political or secular world to make an impact, then the freedoms that we have could disappear. Is that over-exaggerating? I don't know. I don't think it's over-exaggerating at all. And I, and I think that, you know, obviously, the, you know, we're, we're today we're closer to the end of times than we were yesterday. I mean, yes, we, we, we know, and we know day. tomorrow we're going to be closer than we are today. We don't know when. We don't know all that stuff. But we know that's happening. So because of that, because we, we know that's there, and because we know that, that God's kingdom is actually surrounding Israel, um, we know that, that the U.S. is here and that we have to do our job in order to, to, again, advance his kingdom the best we possibly can. But because of that, we also know Satan will attack us. And because we know that, we have to be prepared for it. And I think, frankly, many of the past generations have gotten lazy and didn't do it, and they might have had faith, but in reality is, is if I have faith that, that after, after the show, and if I had faith that my wife was going to be at McDonald's and wanted to see me, I'm going to drive to McDonald's to see her. Right. I get to prove my faith because of my action I took. Mm. And I think so many times we, we want to have faith, we have faith in prayer, but we don't take the actions to follow up. You know, we say we're going to pray for somebody, but then we don't pray for them. Come on now, you know? stay right there I mean, for a minute. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good message. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what, so, and, and I think part of it's there, but I think a lot of times we just don't know what to do, you know, because we're, we're confronted with a situation and then, you know, Satan gets in and, and sows that little doubt and that fear. And then we, we don't want to move forward with whatever it is, whether it's something simple or whether it's not, but, but to act as if the word of God is true is actually harder than what you might think it is. Mm, but yeah. we just, but once we do that and people start to see it, then that's when you start making that change. Yeah. And talk about hiding. So I think some hide behind social media and will talk about the president, talk about pastors, leaders, whatever, They all day long, and that yet they didn't vote, <laughs> they didn't pray, they didn't, they're not really active in what's going on. Uh, am I exaggerating there? But th that seems to be even rampant now more than ever with the social media people hiding out. 
I'll, I'll tell you, I, 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 you know, we we get it a lot uh, with the restaurant and criticism of social media and over um, your restaurant. Oh, all the time over the restaurants, and <gasps> then me being outspoken about being Christian on top of that. Oh, okay, adds to it. So yeah. you know, I, you know, they 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 got a dirty spoon, and now all of a sudden, you know, uh, and I've gotten letters literally over a dirty spoon saying my mother's rolling over in her grave because of it. Oh, I mean, people people are you know. Uh, but in reality is, is it's just reflective of our heart. Social media gets to see what our heart really is that we don't want to show face to face. And so I think as a result of that, I think, again, we get to see it. And, yes, it's terrible and it's awful. And there's some great stuff on social media. It's not like I'm like, right, oh, right. stay away from it, et no, cetera. No. But at the same time, we see all that and we see this division. And it's just so obvious to see what the world is like without Jesus through social media. Yeah, I mean that's just I mean that's just it. Right. I mean, and 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 from that, again, we recognize the the direction in which we take, and again, we need to be prepared. Uh, you know, I mean, what in, in Peter where he says, you know, we always need to be prepared to give, you know, the the answer to the hope of our calling, and and Amen. I know that's where apologetics comes from, but I think it also goes beyond just the logical piece of it, and how are we practically going to do that, and how are we preparing ourselves to move forward? Because if we assume that the next 20 years are going to be just the same, look at the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, and you yeah. go back 20 years and you think, good gracious, did you see this 20 years ago? And absolutely not. No. And now we got to realize we have another 20 years ahead of us. And just to sit there and kind of sit back and say, okay, I guess it's just going to be fine. As long as no. it's about me, then I'm okay. Mm, yeah, no, no. And we can't do that. Yeah. But no, we've got to stand up. We've got to... We, and, and we have the, the resources of heaven behind us. I mean, if the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was given. I mean, this is like Bible 101, Acts 1.8. And you shall be endued with power so you can be witnesses. That's more than just saying, uh, can I pray for you or do you know Jesus? That is being a witness, right? The power of God is there to back us up. Right. When we stand up, I mean, uh, an evangelist was telling me just the other day, on their table where they would sell, you know, their, their Bible tapes or whatever they have, they'd put the Constitution on there because people just need to read the Constitution anymore. And a pastor told them, take that off your table. We don't want to get political here. Political? <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why the church can be. I, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing when I hear that about not being involved in politics. We have to realize that politics impacts our ability to share the gospel. So if you don't believe that, ask how easy is it to share the gospel in Afghanistan right now? Yeah. The politics Zero. have played into that. So since politics have played, it will play into whether and how we share the gospel, the ways and methods of which we do. You go to China right now, obviously the gospel is being shared there, but it's being shared in underground churches underground. because of the politics. Yeah. So we have to get involved in politics in order to be more effective in sharing the gospel. Yes, we don't need to make it an idol. And I do address that in the book good, of making good. certain that, that we I don't like make that politics an idol, that we don't make a political party an idol, that we don't make our nation an idol, because again, that's part of what happened in Nazi Germany. They made the nation an idol, and then as a result, it was easy to, to lose that and make that a religion, and we don't want to do that, but we still have to, we still have to, we're still part of the political system, and yeah. we are not in a vacuum outside of it. No. 
And so, so I think it's I think it's naive, and I know I'm calling out some pretty wise people naive right now, but I think it's very naive to sit there and say we shouldn't be involved in politics because you know Jesus wasn't involved in politics. Yes, he was. Of course, he was. That's when he says, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's." I mean, he was he he had to. He he was part of a of a Roman political system and a Jewish political system that he had to navigate during his ministry. So again, I I just don't understand where that idea is that we need to stay away. And, I, and my suspicion is, again, it's another means of keeping us quiet. And, and so every time somebody says that, it's a, another doubt of should I speak up, should I not speak up. And in reality is, is every time we choose to not speak up, again, not be belligerent, not be terrible, right. but, but every time we, we, we choose not to speak out, I think we fail Christ in that moment. Jesus spoke up very clearly, not only just against the religious. And I, th- I believe one of the reasons he picked Simon was to set his politics right. Yes. Right? The zealot? You yes. Know? And so, of course, he was involved so much. And what's awesome about that is when he paired them up, paired the disciples up, he paired Simon up with Matthew, the <laughs> tax collector. The tax I mean, collector. it's Come like, yeah, that's just brilliant. You know, just Jesus, to, 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 you to, are so yeah. awesome. <laughs> and you're awesome. You are so, I wish I was as smart as you. You are so smart. Uh, Peter, I, I, uh, I think this is so timely. This book and everything is just is right on for right now. Let me just share. You remind me of a story that I heard long ago, and I, I used to preach this about people being involved just with the church, but now more than ever, you know, involved with this, you know, we are in this world. Well, not of this world, but we are in this world and we are responsible or we lose our freedoms. Uh, Nazi Germany. Uh, a man who was part of the Lutheran church, and so not about the, what denomination it is. It was just they were in the church singing their hymns on Sunday. And Sunday after Sunday, they would hear the trains going by with this, this church have to be near the train tracks and they would hear cries screams mm. of the Jews being taken to the concentration camps they knew what was going on and when they would start to hear that what they would do this is what this is what a lot are doing ah this gets me <sighs> every time I see that one scene in Schindler's List I start crying yeah. when he says one more um, that's how I feel about the kingdom if we could just impact one more person that's why I do what I do just for one more person but instead of speaking up or doing anything, what they did on Sunday when they hear the trains coming, they would sing a little louder and turn the music up just a little louder to drown out the cries. And that's what we do when we don't participate. We're just singing a little louder our kumbaya while the world goes to hell. Anyway, boy, I didn't get to <laughs> mean to get emotional, but uh, this is why I feel this is so important. And this, this book is called On the Christian Duty of Civil Disobedience. And... Uh, if you don't have uh, afraid to trust, this is another uh, just transparent, open, and uh, a man's journey into the love of God. And all of us, really, we're always on the journey, aren't we? Yes. We're always <laughs> learning. And uh, God is, uh, is trying to teach me patience every day. You know, and I want it now. <laughs> Give me patience now. You know, that kind of dumb joke. But still, uh you know, we're on that journey together. So we're together, let's do it. And let's reach out. Let's do. We are together. People are watching. Larry is there. He was awake all along. Lyle, all of our California delegation. Britta, who's here in Tennessee. Karen, who's also California. Cliff and Joyce in St. Louis. I want to say hi to everybody. Faye in Lincoln, Illinois, the land of Lincoln. Uh, Darius is out in Mission, Texas. He's right there on that border. Oh. But folks are being affected. That, that, that bothers me, too, that nobody's doing anyth- anything. I mean, even the party, the political party, uh, 
you know, the GOP. I, I don't. They're, they're trying some, but I don't know. I guess they can only do so much. We do get to vote next year, don't we? Do we have? <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're not even halfway to the midterms. I mean, you know what I know, I'm saying? Brother, <laughs> so much can happen. I know it's it's crazy. And uh, Janine, we got to put Janine on the prayer list too. We got to get that. Cindy in California, and uh, we love you, Miss Karen. We'll definitely pray for Miss Janine, uh, who's partners with us. And Norma, we were praying for you, believing for you, your family, and all the pain you're going through. We rebuke that. Jesus is a healer today. And Jesus wants to heal our, our nation, speaking of healing. But uh, we need people to be praying for healing. As much as we stand in a healing line to be healed, we've got to get in line and pray for our nation. You pulled a preach out of me, brother. I wish I could take you on the road. You'd really help me preach. And uh, folks are still talking about the Chia Pets. No, we're not going to offer any <laughs> Christmas Chia Pets. Happy Chia Pet Day. Gary, we will pray for Elizabeth as well. I think I did. Yeah, I had her on the on the list and all. She had her second COVID shot. I got my second COVID shot. You got any anything about COVID? I've, <laughs> I've heard I've heard of it. What, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of new, isn't it? My oh, second it's only been around I, two weeks ago, right? I was fine. Two weeks ago, I got it, <laughs> and then like the next day, I got a hundred three te- fever, and I was out for twenty four hours. And then like the next day, like nothing had ever happened. So they say I'm really, really vaccinated. I'm really secure, so I guess I'm good. I'm eternally secure. <laughs> I'm Baptist now. And uh, let's see. Charlene in Louisiana, bless you. Love you. Just want to catch up on everybody here. And I want, I'm doing it because I want everybody to go to Peter Demos, D-E-M-O-S, in case you don't know how to spell that. Peter's like the apostle or the first pope if you're Catholic. Uh, Peter Demos, D-E-M-O-S dot org, O-R-G. And... Um, Pastor Beatty in St. Louis says, yes, the Bible declares, don't be ignorant of the devices of the devil. That's true. And uh, Charlene, they didn't know about the, an idiot. See, I wish I could have got you before the book. You have put that <laughs> in the book. Well, you'd have to research, but I'm pretty sure. I haven't thought of that in a long time. But um, let's see. Uh, folks are watching from all over. We're making our cross today from coast to coast. And I'm so glad that uh, y'all are watching uh, let's see, always learning, running late. Dave and Barb in Wisconsin, I'm glad that you're watching today. And if it's your birthday, happy birthday. We do birthday days. It was crazy. Patsy Klein's birthday today was her Patsy Klein. I, say, I like the, the history of all that. And uh, it's Justin's birthday today? No way. 15? Wait a minute. Didn't we just have your birthday last year? <laughs> 16 Justin who's helping happy birthday happy happy birthday may all your dreams come true happy happy birthday from all of us around the country and you you in a free dinner at Demos no I'm kidding I, I, I didn't ask him any of that. <laughs> Sid Caesar's birthday he was funny I like him he, uh, Peter Sellers way funny funny people the, the Pink Panther movies classic and old Bernie Sanders is 80 years old today 80 and today, in 1966, one of my favorite shows of all time. Where's my Starship Enterprise? Oh, Star Trek premiered. I had the theme here, but uh, I lost it. I deleted it. I don't know what happened. But anyway, we've been talking about serious, but we like to have our jokes of the day. Do you, do you have any kind of uh, joke? Because I have one. If you don't, if you don't have, I always got a book of jokes. I'm ready for. You know, if I was prepared for it, my, my, my son's girlfriend bought me a book of dad jokes because apparently... Oh, those um, those make me mad. So I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that to be connected to the dad jokes, but... 
Do you know one thing that uh, if you go to school, you know, I don't know if you're homeschooled or you go to school. I can't remember. You're both. So you know what doesn't get reported for running in the halls? Water. They're not always funny, but uh, that was... Well, it's time for Kevin's Joke of the Day. There's my last one. <laughs> bald men. Men that are bald, and I could tell this joke because we're not bald. There we go. It's, it's, they they're enjoy one kind of story best of all. You know what kind of story that bald men love? Hair-raising stories. Okay, that's it. I <laughs> thought I would just... We need some laughter because... <laughs> It does good like a medicine. I uh, also wanted to mention Phyllis because her card came in, and she's got right there, she's got an owl because I love animals, all right? So she's got the owl on this one. I love that. That's the first owl I ever got right there. And uh, may all your dreams uh, take flight. Oh, I get it. The owl take flight. And I uh, just want you to know you are very special. Thank you for your prayers. For Bob, he will have – he's having surgery on the 18th, and so we'll pray. We'll put Bob on the prayer. Uh, there it is. We'll put him on the prayer list. Uh, praying for you and Cindy. Love you both. Phyllis, that's a great partner, Phyllis. There, look at that eagle. Uh, uh, eagle. Owl. Have I said eagle the whole time? No. <laughs> it's an owl. Who? An owl. Okay. Yeah, that's my, my joke. That's another joke of the day. All right, so I got the jokes out of the way. I did want to mention, folks, if you do not have any of, this is how I'm losing weight. This is how uh, my blood sugar is getting back to normal. Isotonic, go to our website, kevinchory.com, and they, they give us um, 100% of profits. Uh, the retail profit, 100% is sent to us from this, and it's working for me. I know it'll work for you. 10 pounds so far since I started in one month, 10 pounds. And uh, we're, we're still going. We're going to go strong. So get it today, and let's take it on another month and see where we are by the end of September. And if you believe and you need supplements, one of the best is this chewable. So I've already emptied the bag. It's a chewable. It tastes like Starburst. I mean, I love them every day because let me see if I can get there. A close-up picture of OPC3. Reminds me of Star Wars. CPC3PO uh, or R2D2. OPC3, that's how you can remember it. Go, there's an OPC3 on our site, kevinchoy.com, and it'll take you to the link to the whole site. There are other products. Every product is natural and uh, good for you. None of this stuff has chemicals or synthetic and, and, and uh, artificial ingredients or colors, all those dyes and things that make you dye. That's why it's called dye. And so, but this is an OPC3, antioxidants that you need and all good ingredients. You take this, you can go to Demas and PDK every day of your life. Go out to eat and enjoy their good natural food. Your food is, uh, your food is, is, like, do, do you, like, just get from the best pure source? Because I know food, <laughs> and <laughs> I've had a bit. I'm not a fat person. I just have an expanding ministry. Thank you, but I'm pumped. Uh, but I had your steak. Is that like a certain cow? I mean, you don't just get it from the everywhere everybody else does. You've got some real good stuff. I'm putting you on the spot probably. No, but, no. But, I, I mean, that. I mean, really, you... It's some good fresh food, and I, I'm I would say this if you weren't here. If somebody was asking where to go eat, I would tell them. So you've got restaurant Hendersonville, uh, in Mad um, not Madison. Uh, you tell us yeah, where we, all the Demas. We, yeah, we have on the Demas' side. We have one in Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Lebanon, Lebanon, and uh, Hendersonville, 
and then we have a PDK in Bellevue and in Mount Juliet. But also, if you wanted like the soup, uh, we ship the soup all over the world and our spaghetti what? sauces. Uh, not over the world, I lied. All over the <laughs> nation. Yeah. Um, we haven't figured out how to do it over the world yet, but but we do ship it all over the nation, uh, and you can get it through DemasFamilyKitchen.com, and we ship Demas that out. DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Larry, get that up there. We, th- we need to get some folks to get. If you, I'm telling you, the soup alone cures what ails you. Uh, ail, you yeah, I said it right. Yes, yes. Cures it does, what it ails doesn't you. ail what cures you. So yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I do it all the time when I do it backwards, but. No, for sure. And uh, any plans for new places, or uh, we got to get these loaded yeah, up. Yeah, you know, well, we, you know, we, we are, we are building a, a third PDK on in in Nashville and Charlotte Pike in Nashville. But again, because we don't know when that's going to open, okay. because um, like if right now we were to order the fryers that we normally buy, that's an eight and a half month lead time to get a fryer in. Whoa. So we're so we're trying to find and start ordering equipment now so that we can anticipate exactly what we're going to have. So we're hoping that we'll be open in say about six months. But again, you know everything is you know when you're looking at everything on a day to day basis. That's the thing that's interesting, and you know when you're when you're you, know, you set forth plans. But but when when things are unraveling like this, it forces you to rely on God more. And I think that's in this situation. You know, we're relying on God more in these in these circumstances of how to get through each day Amen. and also planning for this next restaurant that we're opening as well. Amen. And uh, as far as your book is concerned, this one and the one to come, do you have any plans or if somebody were to contact PeterDemus.org and uh, have you come speak? I mean, because. This message needs to get out, not only with the book, but you, the way you speak it and tell it. Yeah, y- you, you can. Uh, you can contact me for speaking engagements. In fact, oh. in November, I'm going to be at Biola University in California. Okay. I'll, be, I'll be speaking out there. And um, Good luck there. Um, and then California. Yeah, well. Uh, they don't know me yet, so you know it's. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. But uh, but no, it, it will be a um, you know. But but then there there are other places, and you know, right now, you know, the the struggle of having you know live events and not live events, and and handling a lot of those situations. But but yes, you can always reach out to me in those situations and and ask to speak. And I speak to business group, churches, you know, it it you know any secular group. Uh, but I will just tell you, if if I speak, no matter what the group is, I will bring up Jesus some form or fashion, Come no matter on. what you ask me to speak on. Yes, for sure. Jesus and America, I hope, and how we can make an impact. I think this is so important, and I just... I love, we should have done our whole interview over there, the soap ba- soapbox <laughs> area, because uh, this is really necessary right now. I don't know what our future holds, but I know... If we place it in his hand, I know who holds our future. And uh, I, I know that he will be with us, but he expects us. He didn't send the Holy Spirit just for us to sit around idle and uh, to do something. So, Well, you know, and I know it's overwhelming. And I reached out to a, a pastor friend of mine. His name is Shane Ogle in, in, De- in the Detroit area. And I was like, I'm just so overwhelmed, like, you know, with, with everything that's going on, you know. And he, he sent me a, a message from uh, Winky Prattney. Uh, we talked about him earlier before Love the show. And, and, you know, and he said, you know, when, when we see all this chaos, that that is, means the devil's plans are unraveling. And the other thing to rely, remember is that, you know, the Bible tells us that when there is a flood, God will raise up a standard. Amen. And so and I think we have to keep relying on that. But also we have to remember that we might be that standard. 
You know, we can pray. We could pray for revival. We could pray for that. But we can't just sit around and just hope that that you do it. You know, I mean, I'd rather have you do it than me do it. But, you know, it'd be a lot easier for me. But unfortunately, you know, God, God asked both of us to do it. So we got to keep going that way. A lot of folks say, well, you know, I'd win souls and all. But that's the pastor's job. Pastor's going to do it all. (laughs) No. And I give the example of sheep. You know, sheep beget sheep. Shepherds don't give birth to sheep. (laughs) Sheep, right? It's like common sense. Anyway, I want you to pray for us. Just pray for us that we will have God's wisdom to do what, because each one has a part to play. All of us, you know, and I don't like older people saying, if only I was younger, and I don't like younger people saying, if only I was older. God wants to use us right now. That's why he uses that word chosen generation. And I I think he wants us to make an impact of light in this dark world and Pray that we will do that, will you? Yes, certainly, absolutely. All right, thank you, sir. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just uh, we come to you humbly uh, before you, and we just we just ask that you give us the wisdom that that, that you need to uh, that you need to give us. Give us the the just clear the fog in front of us. Let us know where we need to go and what we need to do. Father, give us the the, the courage. Encourage us and, and convict us to be able to take those steps forward in faith. And just keep keep poking at us and make certain that we continue to move forward and that we begin that we can hold up your standard before us in front of this flood that's in front of us. Father, I ask that you raise up leaders all across this nation, all across this world to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus as our Lord. And Father, we just continue no matter how old they are, because we you say in your word. That, that we will worship you until death so that you can give us a crown of life. And so we know that if you have not taken us, that you still have a purpose for us. And so, Father, we just ask for that. We also pray that, that you raise up younger people because we also know in your word, he says that, that, that we should not be looking at the age because we know the Holy Spirit is residing in a 13-year-old. We know the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and not that 13-year-old. So, Father, we just ask that you continue to preach that and, and to let us hear that message and let us continue to preach your word in all ways and all things that are possible in your name, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Boy, that's good. This is a good program. You know what you need to do now? Push the share button, whether Zuckerberg knew it or not. Share is what we are called to do. And so let's share it. Let's share it. And uh, you can find us on YouTube or Facebook. And so please, please share this with others. This is a great program for everybody. We didn't freeze. We had a perfect program. God bless you, Brother Peter, for being here. I really appreciate you, and I'm so thankful well, thank for you. thank you very much. And there's a special, special calling on your life for sure for great things. And uh, and uh, you're already doing great things for the kingdom. We appreciate that. Remember, the only reason we do what we do is because Jesus is the answer for this world today. So spread the word, will you? And let people know that Jesus is the answer. You say, I don't know how to speak. Push share. This is one way. Because Jesus, it's a day of pardon, right? It's pardon day. And I'm not talking about Dolly. I'm talking about the pardon forgiveness of Jesus for your sins. So accept him today. Come on and spread the word. If he changed your life, let him change others. Take us out. Larry, we'll see you tomorrow right here on the AM Kevin Club. This brings to a close another edition of A.M. Kevin. We're glad you were able to join us. The A.M. Kevin Show is presented Monday through Friday, featuring evangelist, composer, and gospel artist Kevin Shorey and the entire A.M. Kevin Club gang. If you'd like to contact us, you can call us at 844-47-KEVIN. That number once again is 844-475-3846. Or you can write us at Kevin Shorey Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Pleasant View, Tennessee, 37146. Our email address 
is kshorymen at aol.com. And you can also visit us at our website, kevinshorey.com. Join us again next time when we present another edition of AM Kevin. And remember, Jesus is the answer for this world today. AM Kevin is a part of the outreach ministry of Kevin Shorey Ministries, Inc., all rights reserved.